Coming up, how to protect your personal brand at the company Christmas party. And how do you win the secret Santa on your team? Great tips there. And then a serious note on the gift that you need to be giving every year. Welcome to the Ken Colbert Show. Merry Christmas, uh, or let's be honest, none of you are listening to this on Christmas Day. If you are, you need a better life. Uh, I'm I'm just not going to sit here and self-indulge. If you're actually listening to this on the day it's released, uh, gosh, I love you, but you need a more exciting life. But thank you. For those of you that are listening listening after Christmas, well, this is the nature of podcasts, so we're going to have some fun today uh, because, well, there's always next year to learn from some of the things I'm about to share with you. So a couple of things. I, I did some research. The team did, actually. I didn't do it, full disclosure, since I'm being really honest with everybody. Uh, and I got two stories that uh, stuck out to me. These are real stories that people shared anonymously with Business Insider. Okay, so here we go. Christmas party nightmares. Uh, one of the primary managers in this company likes to cook. So what they decided to do was get everyone in the company into a Zoom call, and he sent them a list of ingredients. And he cooked, and we were supposed to follow along. Are you getting this now? So all of a sudden, the... One of the managers in the company fashions himself as a cook and has his own cooking reality show. And essentially says, hey, I know it'll be fun for our Christmas party. Let's all cook together and I'll lead you. This is a horrible idea. Uh, Well, you can imagine how it went. It was supposed to be a social event where we're all talking, having fun with the cooking lesson. But uh, he didn't plan it very well in terms of the timing and everything was off. People were getting frustrated and tired, um, confused. How do we do this? When do we do this? And so instead of everyone having a big fun time with it, everybody got frustrated and it was an unmitigated disaster. People were dropping off of the Zoom call. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to order a pizza. This is not happening. So uh, warning to leaders, please don't, project your fantasies oh boy sounds even grosser now onto your team if you want to be an hg or cooking whatever they call it cooking show celebrity go try that don't try that with your team and then everybody needs a fun christmas story of guys that have drank too much right guys don't drink too much at your christmas party This should be a bumper sticker. Ways to guarantee that you won't kill your personal brand. Top of the list has to be don't drink at any company function. And the Christmas party, because it's the end of the year, I don't know why people feel a little bit more loose. I guess they feel a little bit more apprehension-free, and they go, well, it's the Christmas party. And they get snockered. Snookered? Snockered? I guess that depends on how much you've had to drink as to how you pronounce that. All right, so this story. Oh, and by the way, you would never, ever see women do what I'm about to tell you. The only men would do. So a guy writes in, I used to own a bar in D.C. We had a company rent out a space for a holiday party one year, and uh, 
they were getting smashed. It was an open bar, and we suddenly started smelling smoke. I sent a waitress to find out what was going on, where the smoke was coming from, and she reported back to me that a few of the men in the party were having a hairy chest contest. Naturally, at the Christmas party, let's get really drunk, and uh, I think I have a hairier chest than you. No, no, I'm fairly certain that my chest... And so they start comparing hairy chests while being drunk at the Christmas party. Until one guy naturally had to take it to the next level. Presumably he thought he was hairier than the next, or maybe he lost the contest. And he had to one-up the other drunk guy. And this is where men do stupid things. He lit his chest hair on fire. Yeah, right there in the bar. Just going to go ahead and torch that up. And I would say that... uh, I wouldn't be able to do that. I think you got to have, don't you guys think you got to have a pretty good amount of chest hair for it to actually burn? I mean, like it was on fire. Uh, I will tell you that my Ramsey personality uh, colleague, George Campbell, probably has enough chest hair to burn. I, on the other hand, do not. In, in other words, it would singe if I did it. It would not set on fire. There's a difference between singe and actually burning. And George has got very coarse, thick uh, chest hair. I've seen the guy on the boat at the lake, and uh, he's a hairy little guy. But again, you'll never see George and I do that at the Ramsey Christmas party, and you shouldn't do it either. Okay, in that vein, how about a little bit of fun here for those of you who are still listening, and the numbers are dropping as we speak. Uh, Here are some things you shouldn't do. Just some general rules of thumb at a corporate Christmas party so that you don't make it on a website one day. Number one, don't dress inappropriately. I'd like to cover this from two angles. I'd like to talk to women, and I'd like to talk to men. Now, when I think dressing inappropriately, obviously my first thought is uh, women may be uh, wearing something that is uh, too high or too low. Can we keep it at that? We'll keep it too high or too low. Showing too much, ladies. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's uh, very difficult to go from respected coworker to ooh, lady of the night. I don't know. Be careful. If it's too high or too low, don't wear it, ladies. Now, guys, what would be inappropriate for you? I'm going to tell you. Uh, number one, the suit that you have not worn in three years, that you've dusted off for the Christmas party, and it looks like your sixth grade suit that you're now wearing as a man. In other words... You look like the Pillsbury Doughboy busting out of the can when we open the biscuit can. Guys, wear properly fitted dress clothes if you have to dress up. Number two, inappropriate move for guys is absolutely the two buttons on the shirt unbutton to where we see any of your chest that we don't normally see and it has some type of necklace or medallion on it. That's inappropriate, guys. Stop. Nobody wants to see your jewelry. All right? There you go. Second, don't get too drunk. We've already discussed this. Listen, if you know your limits in real life, apply your limits at the Christmas party. If your spouse or date or friend or whatever keeps you accountable, look, this is your personal brand. If if three makes you tipsy, stop at two. Pretty simple. Here's something. Don't flirt with your coworkers. All of a sudden at the Christmas party, you think, hey, we're outside of the office. 
I think she bats her eyes at me every time I walk to the copier. I think I'm going to schmooze her. No, don't. Stop. Or him. Don't flirt. The Christmas party is a bad time to make a bad move. Is anybody with me on this? If you don't know it's a certain deal, then don't. Here's another thing. Don't talk work. It's the Christmas freaking party. Nobody wants to talk about your TPS reports. They don't. So don't do it. Uh, Don't. If you are feeling tipsy, if you don't pay attention, if you didn't do what I told you to do, and you have a little much, don't tell stories. Drunk stories is where we can ruin personal brands quickly. Share too much. It's it's a disaster. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, don't make jokes about your boss or coworker because you're feeling a little loose at the Christmas party. Don't do that. Uh, here's one. Oh, my gosh. Please don't overperform. If we've got the karaoke, we got the band, we got a little dance floor, you got a great personal brand going at the office, and all of a sudden you think you're going to get out there and cut a rug? Yeah, don't do that. Nobody wants to see you perform. They want to work with you. They don't want to see you perform. If you don't have a good game, don't do it. Now, there's an asterisk with this piece of advice. If you're a really good singer or a really good dancer, uh, yeah, absolutely. That helps the personal brand. Like, that's the shock and awe. They're like, I had no idea that Fred in the mailroom Cut a rug. It occurs to me that nobody under the age of 55 knows what cut a rug means. Uh, it just means that you can really, really dance. And then, last piece of advice, don't do anything at the Christmas party that you're going to regret the next day. It's just not worth it. If you want to cut it up, have a big post-Christmas party event at your house and go bananas, do that. Save yourself. We got the Christmas theme music going here. It's the uh, Christmas Day episode of the Ken Coleman Show. In other words, the one that nobody listens to or ever will listen to. So we're having a little bit of fun uh, because if you're listening to this show as it releases on Christmas Day, you need a better life. I'm just going to tell you, and I'm here to coach you the rest of the year. You should not be listening to my show or anybody's show on Christmas Day. Can we be real? Like this is like this. So I hope you're listening to this post Christmas, but have a little fun with this episode. So this is Ken says whatever he wants to say because it's his show. That's what this is. That's what this is about to be. And so this is a surprise. This is kind of like opening up a present, Alex. Uh, so here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about two things that nobody talks about in the professional world. And this is actually gold. All right. Two things. I'm making this up right here, right now, because I've always wanted to talk about this. And this is the episode that I'm going to talk about. Number one, we're going to talk about the dirty Santa uh, situation. And you're on your team. I'm going to give you some really, I'm going to break this down like nobody's ever broken it down because I got some thoughts. The second thing we're going to talk about is what I call the obligatory boss gift. I got some young guys in the on the lobby that are they're kind of curious. And they like where this is going. You like these topics? Yeah, nobody's ever taught on this. So here we go. Which one do you want first? The obligatory boss gift or 
how to handle the white Santa situation. Secret Santa. All right, secret Santa. Oh, you call it Secret Santa? I call it Dirty Santa. Oh, Dirty Santa, whatever. Whatever. The okay. White elephant. So, uh, white elephant. So, let me explain this real quick for anybody that may be young enough to not know what this is. So, this is what this is. This is like your team party or the corporate party, and they say, we're going to do the Secret Santa. And so, everybody brings a gift, and you don't tell everybody what your gift is, and you go around... And there's a there's a draw system, and you can trade and all this kind of stuff. I don't want to get into the rules of it, but you get the idea. Now, there's two ways to go with this. And again, this is all about protecting your personal brand. Uh, and So this is where this is coming from. So there's, there's some value to this. All right. Now, there's a couple ways you can go. You can come in. Uh, I think there's three ways you go. I think you can come in, and you do the really funny gift, right? So let me tell you where my head goes. Uh, like a whoopee cushion's funny to me because I don't care who you are. If you're a dude, a fart sound is funny. You can be 95, sit with your buddy on the porch, and he farts, and you die laughing. Now, women, they have the exact opposite reaction. You pull out the whoopee cushion, and every woman rolls her eyes. Like, I could see my friend Melissa Wilson across the lobby. Do you like a whoopee cushion? Okay, she does because she's really cool. But most women, all right, if, if your secret Santa gift is a whoopee cushion, most women do this number. If you're watching me, they just do the old <laughs> fake laugh and roll their eyes. Whereas every dude goes right on, right? Bites the lip and gives you the fist pump because that's a funny gift. So you can go funny, silly, which I think is a win. I don't think it hurts your personal brand. And... Uh, and I actually think it makes for entertaining conversation and there's a positive... It's just a win. It's fun, silly, lighthearted. Now, that leads me to the boring gift. Now, you don't want to be this person. Silly, fun gift, great. But you don't want to come in with like the boring gift and you're like, hey, this is something I really like. So like the loofah, your favorite back scratcher scrubber. And you're kind of like, this is kind of one of my favorite items. And everybody's like, dude, that's too much information. I don't want to think about you washing any part of your body. Certainly not your back, right? Nobody wants to think about that. So don't go in with the, the practical, boring gift. But here's what you're doing. You're going in, you're trying to be safe. And a safe Secret Santa gift, it's not a win. Everybody thinks you're boring. That hurts your personal brand. They go, well, that was boring. Or you didn't put any fun effort into it. So the whoopee cushion, way better than the loofah. Is everybody with me? This is gold. This is absolute gold. Now, moving on, here's what you don't want to do. Don't come in with a super nice gift. Don't come in with, like, the way over-the-top gift. You know what I mean? Like, this is my favorite luxury frying pan. It can only be used. You know, don't do that. Uh, don't even come in with something weird or creepy like a bottle of cologne. or Like, come on. Like, you can only go fun, silly, awful. That's the safe play. Like the Michael Scott. I like this tangible thing that you could point to and say, hey, man, I love you this many dollars worth. That's the classic Michael Scott line. Don't do that. Uh, so that's how you win the Secret Santa. Silly, fun. Uh, let me give you another silly thing. You could go pull something really old from your, like, I love to go pull the old household item that I've tried to throw away 10 years in a row and say, well, let me throw away. I think that's funny. You know what I mean? Or something random. You know? Uh, like, an orange because that's what people got in World War One. If you got a story to it, so you, the guys are laughing. It's got to be something random, silly, fun. That's how you win the Secret Santa. Don't try to impress anybody. 
unless you're trying to be silly. All right, now let me flip flip this one because this is a this is a tension thing. I don't know if any of you work in offices where there's this annual obligatory boss gift. His assistant sends the old email, right? Hey, it's that time of year again. We got to get so-and-so a gift because they do such a good job leading us. And when the email goes out, it goes out to everybody, right? It goes out to everybody. Thus, the obligatory boss gift. So the email goes out to everybody, and, and it's either one or two scenarios. One, the assistant says, anybody have any ideas? And so now they're taking the obligatory, I got to spend money on my boss. And now you want me to come up with the idea? I don't like that. But it's either that, okay, hey, what's your idea? Anybody got any ideas to buy the boss? Okay, that one drives me bananas. Because let me tell you what the answer to that is every time, assistants. No. Nobody has any ideas on what to buy the boss. We don't want to buy the boss anything. We really don't. I mean, they may be a great boss, but like we're not sitting around thinking about, oh, it's that time. Now, here's the second email. Hey, it's that time of year to buy our boss a gift. And I've talked to his wife or I've talked to her husband. And this is what they suggested. And it's a luxury item. You know what that happens, by the way? When the assistant goes to the spouse or the partner, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card for the spouse or the partner. Because then they go, well, this is a nice gift that I would have had to buy, but now I'm going to get his employees to buy it. Is anybody with me on this one? You guys in the booth, you never do this? I guess you're not getting these emails. Okay, this happens. All right, so now you're going, I mean, what am I supposed to do to that? You can't say no. Because here's how that email goes. Hey, we've picked out said luxury item, and it's going to cost each of us only this. And so you're looking at it, and you're going, I I." If this email didn't come out, I wouldn't buy him this. Now you send an email saying, I got to buy my leader a gift. I don't have to, but it's pretty much implied because it's like, this is what everybody's chip in is. And you're sitting there going, uh, I don't really want to buy him a gift. They're a nice enough leader. I don't want to buy him a Christmas present, but you sent this email out forcing me to do it because you forced me by going, I'm included in it. So let's play this out. What if I were to email back and go, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't really want to participate this year. Could you imagine? Let me tell you how that how that turns on you. If the assistant doesn't directly tell the leader, which is a good chance to happen in most corporate offices, they they email everybody else back and go, "Well, we only have eleven participants, not twelve. Now, how fast do you think that gets around? So now you're the jerk who makes their obligated purchase portion go up. So now they're looking at going, oh, well, I was only going to pay $57 for the gift, but now I got to pay $72 because of Coleman. He doesn't, he's a Grinch. He doesn't want to buy the gift. Here's my point. I think the obligatory boss gift should go away forever. I think somebody somewhere needs to say, let's not do that. If Alex wants to buy his leader something, great. No pressure. Who's with me? Anybody with me out there? I got to tell you, I think there needs to be an announcement. So I'm going to do it. I am proclaiming today that in the world of work, the assistant emailing the obligatory boss gift every Christmas should be outlawed in corporate world. It should go away. 
Leave it up to the individual. You want to buy the, the, the boss a little something? That's great. But the, uh, hey, we're all going to go in? No. I want to choose who I give my gifts to and uh, how I give them. I just got to tell you, I feel like that's a, is that a little Grinchy? Is that a little Scrooge? Nobody? The guys in the booth are just like, we don't know what he's doing. He's completely off the reservation. But it's the Christmas episode. Um, I, I just I, th- I just think it has to stop. I think it has to stop. I will get you a gift, dear leader, if I want to. Tell your assistants to stop emailing. It's the uh, Christmas episode of the Kid Colwood Show that no one is going to listen to because you should be with your friends and family right now. Guys, you should be frustrated to your to the nth degree. Your blood pressure should be on unhe- unhealthy levels for two reasons. One, uh, you've eaten too much through the holiday season and you've pounded too much food on Christmas. I accept that. No shame there. And the second reason is your blood pressure is high is because you're putting together those infernal toys that you paid too much for that your kid is going to get over in 30 days and you've spent your day putting their toys together. God bless me. I'm no longer in that stage. Uh, Hang on, guys, if you've got kids that young. When the teenage years come, uh, they just ask for money and uh, you don't have to put anything together. So you'll make it through. But uh, it is it is the uh, Christmas episode. For those of you, you brave souls that have uh, managed to stay uh, in this episode, I thought, you know, what would I say about giving? Because Christmas, uh, as, as a cultural holiday, not a religious holiday, I, I, I'm not going to preach and proselytize on Christmas the religious holiday, but it is, in fact, the birth of Jesus, and you may not subscribe to any of that. that that's fine. But as it is the birth of Jesus, the concept of gift-giving certainly comes from the reality of Jesus' birth. The wise men travel and they give gifts, and thus it has become a cultural phenomenon around the world. And it has become consumerized, I'm making the word up, to where Christmas is about gift-receiving, certainly for little ones, right? Little kids. I mean, think about it. They grow up, and I don't know how, and certainly, and I can only speak to the American culture, but I don't know how you can grow up in a Christmas uh, culture of America and not think that Christmas is all about what I get. I mean, think about it. You're excited. You're you're running down the stairs, you know, and you can't wait to open up the Christmas gifts, and it's so very exciting. Of course it is. There's nothing, nothing inherently evil about that, but that's the truth. And so... In order to sell those toys, advertisers, and it becomes the thing. It is the time of year outside of your birthday when you get all the presents, and that's what it's become. But it is, despite how much it has been consumerized, it is about giving. You think of the parent, the joy is giving your kids something that they light up over. The word that I love when we think about a young child, and I want us to stay in this, this, this visual for a moment, there's something special 
I got goosebumps right now thinking about the years when my kids were younger and they couldn't they couldn't get downstairs fast enough to open up the presents. It's like literally holding them back. And there's something about watching a kid with anticipation tear open a Christmas gift and light up with wonder. The word is wonder. It's the root word of wonderful. Childlike wonder. We we wonder what's in the under the underneath the, underneath the tree. We wonder what's underneath the wrapping paper. We and then we open it and we if we're excited, we react with wonder. You've seen a kid, they open their mouth, their eyes are wide. There is a, a moment of wonder. Uh it is a moment, watch this, of I am discovering something, I'm seeing something that I that I, I didn't know was going to be there, and now I, I see it, and I go, and I am receiving it. I see it, and I receive it, and I, that's the ultimate excitement around giving gifts and receiving gifts is that we see something, and 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 we react that way because we are not only seeing this thing that we are excited about, but we realize I get to receive it, and it's pretty powerful, isn't it? It's really powerful. And so, in the spirit of what Christmas has become as consumers, it is about receiving. The excitement is around receiving, but the true joy is around giving. Excitement in receiving, joy in giving. There's a different emotion there between the giver and the receiver. The giver really wins. I mean, the receiver gets something really cool and it's exciting and that's fun and that's a level of emotion that's probably here. Those of you that aren't watching, you know, I'm giving you a scale and I think that the depth, the deeper emotion, the weightier emotion on the scale on the high side is the receiving, but on the low side, meaning the weight, the heaviness, the, the true stickiness emotion, I think it's joy. It's giving. It's giving. So, here's what I want you to think about this year. I want you to think about giving yourself away. Uh, people ask me all the time, why do why do you do this? What what is why'd you get into this? Why are you not into money or you're not a money personality or whatever, whatever? Let's tell you something. For me, it's always been about the meaning. The reward of giving yourself away. By the way, it occurs to me as I'm choking to death right now, a cup of eggnog would be wonderful to coat my throat. But here's what I would love for you to give to yourself. To give to your parents, to give to your teachers, your coaches, your siblings, your friends who have had an impact on your life, I would love for you to give your best. To give your best in the world of work, a way of doing work differently. It's just a slight change. Many of you right now are great professionals and you're killing it and you're making progress and I'm so excited about that. I want to cheer you on to your best year ever. But as we look to a new year, what if it was just a little switch? Just think of the old school uh, 
heating units in your house or, or air conditioning, you just turn that knob a little bit. And what if it's just a slight turn of the dial to say, you know what? I want to make good money or enough money because I want to provide for my family. I want to provide for myself. I've got some things I want to accomplish. But you know what? I want to actually think about what it would look like if in giving my best at work, doing the best job that I can do, that I'm also now thinking less about the job and more about the result. What are the results that I want to give to my world? Your zip code, you know, can be very intimidating in this world of social media now where we can see everybody's exploits and everything's about influencers and how many followers. And quite frankly, I've gotten to the point where I'm so sick and tired of this measuring result of followers and this and this and this. Because while it is a good measurement tool for progress, it is not limiting to only that. And an impact is about personal impact that you're supposed to make. Even if you don't have a social media account, that does no that does not in any way disqualify you or discount you from making an impact. So my challenge is back to the moment under the tree or around the tree where we are either giving or receiving. And all of us are, by the way, in both roles. As we sit around the tree, as you sat around the tree this year, you were at one point a giver in a moment in time, and at one point you were a receiver. You're both. But think of the true joy. How much more meaningful it is to do work, to play a role, to produce results in your professional life that are as equally rewarding as the results in your personal life. In other words, you begin to think of your work as, I'm a giver, not a receiver. Yes, I'm receiving a paycheck. Yes, I'm receiving a promotion. Yes, I'm receiving accolades. Yes, I'm receiving awards. Yes, I'm receiving recognition. All that's great. It's really fun, just like opening up a gift. But what really sticks with you, what really fills your heart, is the joy of giving. Give yourself away. You are needed. You must do it. Somebody out there needs you to give the best of who you are. Do it to the best of your ability. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.